Listen to Reverend Samuel Drew, Senior Pastor of Grace and Truth Tabernacle International, Ghana in West Africa. He comes your way with this podcast. Reverend Samuel Drew is the founder of Revival Africa and Beyond, a non-denominational mission movement. He's also the convener of international conference called Zizendorf Missions Conference, which gathers people, church workers, and church ministers from around the world for a reviving experience for God's mission. Now, Reverend Samuel Drew. Now, thanks be unto God who has caused us to triumph in Christ. And now he's sending us out there to be messengers and agents of hope. What a blessing. What a great privilege. Amen. So we also want to thank God for the life of our pastor here, Saima. He is a great man of God. And uh, I will encourage every one of you here who sits under his ministry to stay with him because God is taking him somewhere. Don't get out of the train when we have not gotten anywhere yet. This is just the beginning. And the Bible said, though that beginning was small, your latter end shall greatly increase. So stay with him. Stay in the house and become all that you can become. Stay with him and become all that you can become. Stay with him and become all that you can become. Some people will never become an apostle Peter or James or John except they stay with Jesus. It is the staying with, being with that eventually changes you. And if you are also a pastor here, you don't even belong to Great Grace Outreach. Keep the connection. He is a man who is going somewhere. Be like a roots to Naomi that wherever you are going I'm going with you your conference is my conference your belief is my belief your conviction is my conviction everything you stand for I stand for the same thing I am with you sometimes 
when people say they are friends, it's just for a while. But I want to encourage you today that if God by his grace has brought you into a relationship with this great man of God, keep that relationship. There is a blessing in it. There's a blessing in it. Those of us who came, we are just passing by. But he is the one here. He's the one God has approved, appointed, and uh, set here in this place. Feel with him. Keep in touch with him. And I believe that as God blesses his ministry, he's also going to bless your ministry. Amen. And those of us who came from far, we are very much appreciative of the warm reception, the privilege to speak in a conference like this. We don't take it lightly. It is a great honor to speak to God's people at True Freedom Conference. So we salute you, sir, for the honor and the privilege that you have done us. God richly bless you. Amen. God bless every one of you that you've made this program somehow a success. Even after we are finished, God is not finished with you. His blessings shall continue to flow in your life. Praise the Lord. And so, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you the praise tonight. Thank you for such a great conference to make us Christ-like disciples, the hope for the world. We pray that as the conference comes to an end, Hope will begin for the world. Let the ending, the folding up of this conference be the unfolding of great hope to tens and hundreds and thousands and millions of people. We believe you for that. Give us whatever you have in store for us in this final moment to release us as hope ambassadors into this world. We thank you, we love you, we give you the praise for having heard and answered us. Thank you for everyone you used in this conference. Awesome speakers, word after word, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And now you have brought us to the end of it all. We know that you are going to bless us with a great and a final blessing before we leave you. Our lives, our ministries, our world will never be the same. We thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. God, Richard, bless you. You can be seated. Awesome. And I also want to salute Reverend Dr. George Ampia and his Youth, youthful, beautiful wife. Amen. 
he never grows old by the side of the giant in the spirit and in the flesh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. It's a privilege and uh, just a warm experience being around you. You are blessed already. And uh, the cruise of your oil will never run dry. Can you say amen for Reverend Doctor? Yeah. Praise the Lord. A time will come we will be saying amen for you, but today it is aiming for somebody. Praise the Lord. Well, so by God's grace, um, we are here. We are ending this conference. Sometimes when it comes to the end like this, it becomes a bit, uh, it's, it's a misfeeling. We like it. We want to go and do something great for the Lord. At the same time, we are like, so are we going? You know, uh, Peter, James, and John, they told Jesus that let's build a tabernacle for you on Mount Olives, <laughs> this place. We don't want to go down. So let's fellowship. But it is against the purpose for which Jesus took them there. Whatever experience God gives you is supposed to resonate. It's supposed to affect others. It does not stay with you. When God meets you at the backside of the desert like he met Moses, the implication is that you want to save a whole nation. So you don't keep it to yourself and start telling everybody, I have a wonderful news, you know, I saw fire, and I saw fire, and I saw fire, and I heard a voice. No. Something must come out of it. And so, in as much as we love the saints like we heard today, the highest expression of the believer, we still have to disband and go into the world there. And I can hear in the spirit that they are saying in the dark world that the people that have turned the world upside down, they are coming down. Every feet that will be descending this hill, you will be going, the sound of your feet will be like the sound of an army. Just one of you. Hallelujah. I said the sound of your feet will be like the sound of an army. I am going with the sound of an army. Everyone, of, everyone who came with me. We are not just four people who came. We, we are going as an army. We are going with multiplied spiritual force and power. And that is the same way you are going. And your world will never be the same. Hallelujah. So tonight I want to end with a message on faithfulness. The time is not gone at all. We have just begun. Amen. Faithfulness, the highest virtue of a Christian. That's the message. Faithfulness, the highest virtue of a Christian. So, I've spoken to you by the grace of God about 
a witness, the highest identity of a Christian. Love, the highest expression of a Christian. And then tonight, we are ending with faithfulness, the highest virtue of a Christian. Now, if the Christian is capable of all kinds of virtues, what is the highest virtue? Because love is a virtue. Kindness. Even power is a virtue. When Jesus healed the woman with an issue of blood, the Bible says, he himself felt the virtue had gone out of him. Sometimes we don't think of faithfulness as that dynamic, but it is. It's power. It's a power cable for transmission of God's glory. You see? Second Timothy 2 verse 2, it says, The things which you have heard of me, the same commit out to faithful men, which shall be able to teach others also. Since I came to this region, I've seen high-tension wires. You see, it's different from the normal ones that carry power to our homes. If you connect that one to your house, your house will burn. You see, just on the highway, you will see a power station down there with high-tension cables. Sometimes, even in the night, you can hear the sizzling sound if you stay around those areas. It is carrying power. Power. Now, the Spirit of God is making us to see that our faithfulness are power lines. It's not a small thing to be faithful because you become a cable of power transmission. Power transmission. Now you see, we have between this light and that light. If the cable here decides not to follow the circuit, it won't follow and come here. Power will not be transmitted here. We won't have light in this region. The same way, when it gets over here, and uh, this line here is also not faithful to stay there. Instead of being here, it says, I want to be like this. I want to be moved. We can't have light over here. So, 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, it said, The things which you have heard of me. In other words, lay the cables for power to be transmitted. Lay the cables for God's glory to be transmitted. Lay the cables for the purposes of God to be fulfilled. And that cable is faithfulness. The highest virtue of a Christian. It's not a dull thing to be faithful. See, dry, insipid, you know, it's, it's something that is uh, 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 it's not exciting. Well, faithfulness is a boring thing. It's not a boring thing. Faithfulness is power, power, power cable, power cable, power cable, power cable. You see, Elisha gave his rod to Gehazi to go and lay on a dead woman's uh, child. 
but it did not work because Gehazi was not faithful. He was the prophet's son who loved money. When Elisha says that I don't need anything from Naaman, then he will go behind. Say, Naaman, the prophecy my master did not give, I've come to give to you. That says the Lord. Bring all the things, including the horse you are sitting on. God says you should walk home. Give me the horse. Now, such a man, how can you see results? You are not faithful. Power cables is not working. Your power cable has been truncated. You are not allowing prophetic power to flow. You are not allowing results to happen because you are not faithful. Brothers and sisters, when we have prayed, we have fasted, there is another dimension of power we have to open up. It is faithfulness. And we will see God's glory like never before. How will Nineveh be transformed if Jonah decides to go to Tashith? We are laying cables to go to Nineveh and blast the place open so that people will be saved. He, instead of coming here so that there will be light, he decided to go up or somewhere else. And hence, we don't see the glory of God. But thank God that this unfaithful prophet suddenly came to his mind. You know, sometimes some of the experiences you even have, they are a feedback that you are not in the right place. You are not being faithful and God wants your attention so that you will do the right thing. You wake up. Because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He does not change his mind. The Bible says that the word of the Lord came the second time unto Jonah. The same thing. He said, go to Nineveh. It's the same place I said you should go to. God does not forget when he sends you to where he said you should go. Then he said, preach the preaching that I bid you to preach them. In other words, I gave you a topic. Now that you have come out from the hotel in the belly of the whale, go to Nineveh. And when you go, preach the preaching that I bid you. What is that? Be faithful. That's all. I told you to go here, but I decided to go here. And when you went here, of course, you were not saying what I said. You say you were saying different stories. You come people meet you. Why are you here? You were saying for your own thing. Now change course, repent, return, and go to the place and say the thing. Be faithful. And when he went, even animals repented. The power of God came down and changed the whole place. Don't underestimate faithfulness. Faithfulness. Sometimes we pray for revival. We pray to see a move of God. And we don't count the faithfulness factor. We, 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 we see other things as the cause of revival. This is what we have to do. But what about faithfulness? If we are faithful, we will see the glory of God like never before. Faithfulness, the highest virtue of a Christian. Acts chapter 6, the verse number 3.
Thank you, Lord. Acts chapter 6, the verse number 3, where the apostles made a resolution that they are going to keep to the word and prayer. Now, the verse number 3, Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you, seven men of honest report. Now, the first thing that came up in the lineup of virtues, you see, was honest report. And honest report means faithfulness. So, honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, anointing. But for a strange reason, anointing becomes number two. Faithfulness is number one. It's in your Bible. Wherefore, brethren, look here among you faithful men. God is afraid to trust unfaithful men with his power. It is the dangerous thing to, for unfaithful men to have power. Is that not what people do? Sometimes men of power, they abuse it. It is said that absolute power corrupts absolutely. Because of your little power you have, you oppress people. If you don't allow me to do this, you will not have your salary. You will not have a job. Abuse of power. Because you are, the problem is you can't be trusted. So God has not made such a mistake in his kingdom. He wants people to oversee business in the church. The first thing, the highest, because it's in order. God is a God of order. Honest report, faithfulness. You know, sometimes you can give attention and premium. You can place premium on people who can talk more than people who are faithful, but they can't talk. It's a mistake. Anything that you put above faithfulness is an improper spiritual fraction. Anything you put over faithfulness is improper spiritual fraction. When we were in primary school, there was a word our teachers would be using. They call it, in order for us to understand the mathematics, it says, because you have put 55 over 3. If you have not even done maths before, you just think about it. 53 over, over 52 over 3. It is too much. 3 over 50 is okay, but 50 over 3. It is a wrong thing. When you put anything over faithfulness, you have missed spiritual mathematics. It must be faithfulness over the thing. The guy can't speak English, but he's faithful. He's the best. He's not anointed, whatever that means to people, but he is faithful. He is the best. Who wants, who wants, who wants a beautiful wife, but very unfaithful wife? What is the use? Right in your presence, he's sleeping with men. And then all that she has is her beauty, her nose, her forehead. He says she's, she's beautiful. I mean, people don't understand you. 
everybody will protest. I have heard stories like, I've, I've, I've just heard it, I've not seen it for myself. Sometimes somebody is going to marry and because a best man is so much close and faithful to his, his friend, the, the, the man, sometimes shockingly, he tells his, 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 his friend who is the guy, the child, because they are buddies. Say, hey, man, <laughs> this lady, you can't really trust her. We know her. Even me, myself, I've slept with her. So, what's the point? Forget. In other words, your value has come down. Because even though you were beautiful, but you are not faithful. The Bible says that every man will boast of his goodness in the book of Proverbs. But a faithful man who can find. In a church of an average size, what about the size? The most rare people are the faithful people. They can be around the leader. Listen, when you are around the leader, even if it does not give you attention, think to yourself, if you are only faithful, that you are very, you are the best, the best person around. Always think that way. Because that is what God thinks. He said, I found Moses, my faithful servant. Hebrews chapter 3. I'll come to Acts. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, 2, 5. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews is not only about faith. It's also about faithfulness. Wherefore, holy brethren, from verse 1, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him. Jesus is not just as 1038, anointed, how God anointed Jesus. It is true, but he was also faithful. He was anointed, but he was faithful. Anointed, but also faithful. And I've shown you in Acts 6-3, how even the faithfulness, God looks for faithful people to anoint. When God comes for anointing service, he anoints faithful people. When God himself. Who was faithful to him that appointed him as also Moses was faithful in all his house? Verse 5. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house. But Moses was a stammerer. Why is God making much ado about him? God says, it is not eloquence I'm looking for. I'm looking for faithfulness. Moses was, verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. Sometimes you wonder why God made Moses the leader instead of Aaron. God, Please think again. The elder is there. It is well, it's a, it's a, it's like when Jacob was praying for the sons of Joseph. He just did crisscross. Then Joseph, Joseph said, No, 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 no. He said, I know what I'm doing. I'm, no, I'm just like God. 
because Aaron, a little pressure, he could not keep it there. Moses says, I'm going to wait on God for the next instruction for our move. Before he came, he has changed a whole national religion. How can such a person be the leader of the people? Now come back to Acts chapter 6 verse 3. Wherefore, brethren, look here among you seven men of honest report, faithfulness. Then full of the Holy Ghost anointing and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business. Listen, somebody who is smart, in other words, wise but not faithful, he will outsmart you. Before we even check your IQ, we must check your IF. Intelligence and faithfulness. How faithful are you? If you are faithful and money is there, you won't take it. If you are wise and you are not faithful, you, you know 10, 10, 10 ways to steal money. Because you are very smart, but you are not faithful. What is Acts chapter 6 verse 3 telling us? The Christian, listen, is not ready for business except he's a faithful man. You are not ready for business. When I say business, I'm not talking about secular business. You are not ready for work, God's work. You are not ready for business, for ministry, even as low as serving tables. Serving communion in church and distributing rice. Because the rice can go into your pocket. Yeah. Are there not people who are serving under, at reception or whatever? Before we know what, there is a shortage of food. And the food is in their bags. You are not ready for business. Except you are faithful. You are not ready for business. Except... You are a faithful man. And as we talk about being a hope to the world, we, we, we are not closer to it except we are faithful. Except we are faithful. Except we are faithful. Now I'm going to give you reasons why faithfulness is the highest virtue of a Christian. It is the highest. Not because I say it, but God's word says so. In fact, in Revelation chapter 17, verse 14. Don't say this man of God, but this is Revelation. As for me, something else is the highest. No. We don't have that independence of choosing. The Bible paints it clearly. Faithfulness is the highest virtue of a Christian. Revelation, the 17th chapter, the verse number 14. These shall make war with the Lamb. And the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him. Now listen. We are moving to 
a highest level there are three steps okay one two three now the bible says these are they that are with him first steps called second chosen many are called few are chosen the third the highest faithful they that are with him they are called they are chosen and they are faithful sometimes you all that you are doing is i am um, i am i'm called i'm called there are many people in the valley of i'm called but the people who are picked to become capable of power are in among the are the faithful ones called people don't transmit power as much as faithful people an electric pole which is lying down is not necessarily transmitting power it is called an electric pole but it is not transmitting it it is when it is it now becomes faithful take me somewhere put me somewhere pass wires on me then power is moving somewhere faithfulness the highest virtue of a christian may you understand what the lord is saying to you hallelujah listen lift your hands and pray god make me faithful everybody lift your hands father help me to be faithful forget about anointing for now you just pray faithful lord faithful do something to me to be faithful to be faithful in the name of jesus the son of the living god amen say amen for yourself reasons why faithfulness is the highest virtue of a christian number one number one jesus himself is faithful your lord himself that is who he is revelation chapter one the verse number five revelation one five and from jesus christ who is the faithful witness may you be able to send the message and you say and from Kwame down so a faithful witness and from paula smith from antoinette a faithful witness from your husband a faithful witness because sometimes you're walking around your wife and you know that you are not a faithful husband at all you are eating her food you are calling her dear honey pineapple juice whatever but you don't are not faithful at all and from jesus christ thank god for jesus i said thank god for jesus what is the faithfulness of jesus hebrews 13 8 defines it jesus christ the same yesterday today and forever he is unchanging that is another meaning of faithfulness he does not change he is not something else when he is before people and different when he's not before people he is one and the same no no wonder it is the highest virtue because many people are different people listen to what i'm saying many people they are different people is he himself is many people in one 
depending on the circumstance, he releases the one that fits it. So he is one person, but seven in one. So there is one for Sunday morning and one for Monday morning. There is one that goes to work and there's one that comes to church. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? May we become one. I and my father are one. That is faithfulness, my goodness. I and my father, we are one. We think the same. We feel the same. We, 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 we are one. There is no difference. Jesus told Thomas, don't ask me that question again. If you see me, you have seen the father. That is how faithful I am. I am a replica. I am just like him. What he likes, I like. So he whipped people in the temple because that is what the father will do. He said, you have turned my father's house into a den of thieves. He said, what I see my father do, that is what I do. So when you see Jesus preaching, because his father is preaching, when you see him healing, his father is healing. When you see him going, his father is going. I and my father are one. Don't come and talk about something we can't understand about the oneness of Jesus with the Father. It's about faithfulness. Glory to God. I said glory to God. The conference is ending. You have to end it strong. So wake up and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to make you faithful. Hallelujah. Faithfulness. Here can it says ultimately also you no for. God looks for faith. He puts premium on faithfulness. Jesus himself was faithful. We've read it. Who is a faithful witness? Chapter 19, verse 11. Oh, to be like thee. Blessed Redeemer, faithful as you are. Faithful. Revelation 19, 11. And I saw heaven opened. Now when, we see, don't be fascinated about visions and revelations. Get the import of the vision. The vision and so what? That I may know him. Beyond the, the, the vision. Oh, my eyes got opened and I saw. What, when you saw, what message did you get? And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. That is the message in the vision. Beyond vision, there is a faithfulness revelation you must get out of the vision. He that sat upon him was called faithful and true. As you sit here tonight, what are you called? Dubious and doubtful. Is that your name? Undependable and cannot be sure of. Is that your name? Faithful and true. Emphasis. Faithful and true. My God, why should you say that? 
faithful and true. Faithful should be enough. You see, he's deepening the virtue called faithfulness that we don't play with it. That is the very essence of the Son of God. That's why when Jesus came here, he did not he, he did not divert from being a savior to opening a carpentry shop. No, he quit. He said, that's not what I came here for. I am a, I'm faithful and true. There is something I must do. That is why I came. And when he, he, he became afraid, that's what the Bible says, he prayed in that he feared because of the cross, because he became a man like us. Still, faithfulness drove him to the cross. Faithfulness drove him to the cross. Faithful and true. The reason why it is the highest virtue is because Jesus himself, the Oga himself, is faithful. And tonight, God needs some assurance as far as your faithfulness is concerned. He needs to know that are you faithful? God needs to know. Amen. The Father needs to know because he knew that Jesus is the best Savior. Not this, 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 this person may disappoint us. Jesus will be the one. He has set the example. Jesus has set the example. Faithful was he. Now it's our time to be faithful. The highest virtue of a Christian. Number two reason why it is the highest virtue of a Christian. Because in faithfulness is our obedience even unto death. In faithfulness is our obedience even unto death. Listen. A Christian does not have obedience problem. He has faithfulness problem. If you are in a car, who can tell me? To move a car to the left or to the right, what do you have to do? Even if you don't know how to drive, you have seen drivers. To move a car to the left or to the right, what do you have to do? Do you have to open a window? You change the steer. A car does not have a movement problem. It has a steer problem. Sometimes when a car is not too good, even when you are sitting inside and you don't hold the steer well, see that it could be going in the wrong direction. Drivers know what I'm talking about. It loses balance. A Christian does not have obedience problem. We are born to obey. We are children of obedience. As obedient children, in other words, children of obedience, not fastening yourselves according to the former last in your ignorance, that is who we are. We are obedient children. We should obey. So that is not the problem. The problem is faithfulness. So because of our unfaithfulness, we fall short of the glory of obedience. You don't obey because you are not faithful. That is the whole point. Get up and go. You are sitting down. You are, it's not an obedience problem. The real thing when the spirit now opens up your, 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 your spiritual body, that we should check what is the, 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 the problem. It is a faithfulness problem. So in faithfulness, it's our obedience. And listen, not just obedience, but obedience even unto death. 
obedience even unto where? To death. Philippians 2 8. Philippians, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As we are hearing the message tonight, you are also praying along. The Lord, let me be faithful. I don't have an obedience problem. I have a faithfulness problem. My car's problem is not just the body. It's not the body that is the problem. It's my steer. The reason why my car goes this way and goes that way is because something is, 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 is wrong on the inside. Faithfulness is the steer that moves obedience. Your obedience is directly proportional to your faithfulness. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he became just like us. He humbled himself and became obedient. Why did Jesus, was he able to be obedient? Because he was faithful. You see that? Obedient. And then the Bible adds, even the death of the cross. In faithfulness is our obedience. Even unto death. Revelation chapter 3, the verse number 13. Revelation chapter 3, the verse number 13. Here another man comes on record by the name, but, uh, 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 Revelation 2, rather, Revelation chapter 2, verse 13. Another man comes on record by the name Antipas. And this is Jesus himself testifying of him. Listen, when it comes to faithful people, Jesus himself gives testimonies about them. Jesus does what? He gives testimony about them. May the Lord give testimony about you. Who gave testimony about Moses? God, my faithful servant. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews. Faithfulness is so much precious to God that he takes the mic to testify about you. He does not leave it to you to do it. You don't testify yourself about your faithfulness. He himself testifies about your faithfulness. He testified about Job. That Job is my faithful servant. He testified about Jesus. He is faithful. He testified about Antipas. As we are going to read here. Revelation chapter 2 verse 13. I know thy works. And when thou dwellest even where satan's seat is listen when you can outwit people you can't outwit god his eyes are blazing fires he knows your work a pastor who is supposed to be pastoring but he's not pastoring but doing something else and he's camouflaging it with pastor he knows it god knows it when you are supposed to labor and you are resting he knows it when you are supposed to be here and you are there he knows it when you are supposed to be up but you are in the hills you are in the valleys he knows i know thy works church members must wake up all of us must wake up to the fact that beyond the limitations of human eyes is the eyes of almighty god his omniscience can go through our bones and marrows he can see through our intents he can see even before we think he can see before we think that is why we must wake up and be faithful listen 
Listen, may the Lord give you understanding. Your prayer is not more than your faithfulness to God. Your prayer. You see, when you are pretending and then you are praising and crying with crocodile tears, God is not confused. He says your prayer is just as much as that faithfulness. You are not faithful. What are you doing here? Be faithful. Your prayers will become short. And yet God will answer them. God, God can see your heart. I want a nation to be transformed. I want people to be saved. And you are faithful. You, you see, God can see your heart. It becomes a prayer unto God. When you are not faithful, you pray for long. And God is saying, what is the matter with you? You pray, you pray in tongues. Oh God, lay koba shalaba. Oh God, oh God. God said, what is your problem? Be faithful and stop all this noise we are doing. Yeah, be faithful. Revelation 2.13. I know thy works. Where you dwell. God even knows where you stay. Sometimes you tell your pastor you are staying here, but you are not staying there. You say you are in the church office, but you are not in the church office. <laughs> you are somewhere else. <laughs> I know that where, so where you dwell hell. Even where Satan seated, wherever you come from to church, God knows. Yeah? When you say, I'm standing at the junction, I'm coming right now, but you are lying on your bed. God knows. <laughs> Where are the things for the conference? Oh, pastor, I'm at the junction, I'm coming now. And you are in Accra. <laughs> you are in Accra. You are not even in town. He knows. Where you dwell, even where Satan sits. He knows the powers of resistance, yet he demands faithfulness. <laughs> Where you stay, say Satan already, Satan himself is there. But I'm looking for faithfulness in spite of Satan's presence. And you hold fast my name, and you have not denied my faith. This is faithfulness explained. You hold fast my name. My name, the integrity of my name matters to you. And you have not denied my faith. Even in those days, wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, faithful martyr, faithful witness, who was slain among you, where Satan dwells. Number three reason why it is the highest virtue of a Christian. Number three, without faithfulness, you run in vain. But with faithfulness, you run to gain. Without faithfulness, you run in vain. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, 13 to 15 that every man's work shall be tried with fire. The way you were running around as if you were building something, but it was not true. So you gathered a heap of chaff and God is coming to test it with fire. See that there will be nothing left. Sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes faithful people can be slow. But yet, what they will do, it will stand the test of time. 
Whereas sometimes unfaithful people, because the thing is not quality, immediately they have done something. Something very impressive. But the problem is, because there is no faithfulness, you are running in vain. You are, you are, it looks like you have gone ahead, but it is only in vain. What is the point in running and then we whistle? Hey, you say, go, I, I am first. I am first. You say, come back, come back. Come, come here. You are, you are not any first. You are last. It is the person who is last who is first. The first shall be last. The last shall be first. Without faithfulness, you run in vain. My prayer for you is that you will not run in vain. You will not run in vain. No, you will not. Number four, reason why it is the highest virtue is because true work of God is done by faithful men. True work. Second Timothy 2 2, the things which you have heard of me commit thou to faithful men which are able to teach others also. When it comes to authentic work of God, the masons on site are faithful men. True work of God is done by faithful men. Faithful men. Who built the ark? Noah, a faithful man. Who built the tabernacle? Moses, a faithful man. Faithful people. They are the ones who do true work of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. We cannot talk about faithfulness without reading this all-important chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the verse number 1 and 2. Let a man account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. We are keepers of something. Moreover, it is required in those stewards, those keepers, those ministers, those disciples, ambassadors, that a man be found faithful. Because true work of God is done by faithful men. Not by deceitful men, but by faithful men. Amen. It takes a faithful woman to build a home. A faithful woman to build her home. In the same way, it takes faithful people to do the real work of God. Now, I want to touch on and some aspects of faithfulness. What I call areas of faithfulness. Areas. Number one area, and it is it must be number one, is the mysteries of God. We have just read it in First Corinthians chapter four, verse one. And two, verse two, uh, uh, verse one. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So the man is saying, Paul is saying that we are stewards of the mysteries of God, and we must be faithful with those mysteries. So our number one area of faithfulness is the mysteries of God. Now, I don't want us to be confused at all as to what he's saying here, because the word mystery immediately it carries confusion with it. But it should not be at all. Mystery is something that is hidden. The opposite of mystery is revelation. It is revealed. 
So when you are behind this wall, it's a mystery. When you show up, it's a revelation. So we should not be confused about the use of this word here. As I'm talking now, right now, it is no more a mystery. In fact, it was not a mystery to even the apostle Paul who wrote it. And it's not a mystery to us. The mystery has already been revealed. So he, what he's saying is that we are now keepers of the mystery. Now, I don't know your bank. Maybe you bank in uh, uh, Echo Bank. Who here can be bold to say he knows the amount of money if even in one branch in, in, in Takwadi here? Who can, who, can, who, can, who can boast that? Oh, I know all the money in the, in the sitting in the, in the branch in town, at the mall. I know, I know that. Who, who can tell me? How many of you admit that you don't know? You don't know the amount of money in the branch? Oh, raise your hand. Don't, don't be shy. You don't know? But how many of you think that the branch manager knows? Yes, he knows. That's why they are able to meet targets. So when they, when, when they meet the target, they say it is enough. We have met it. Because he has accurate knowledge of the figures. So what I'm saying is that when he, what, what the apostle is calling mystery here, it was not a mystery to him. He was using the word mystery in relation to people who don't know it. We know it. A Christian is no longer on the, on the land of mysteries. He is in the land of revelations. I'm saying this because there are a lot of people who are being misled in the name of mystery and uh, mystery until they become mis mystery, them, mystery people. Miserable people. Ephesians chapter 3. Come with me. Ephesians chapter number 3. From the verse number 3. How that by revelation, you see the point? That same man who said the mysteries. He said by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery. In other words, mystery has been disclosed. It is no longer a mystery. It is, I now know the amount in the bank. I am a bank manager there. I know it. I have met my target. I'm not like somebody walking on the street that does not know how much money we have in, the, in my branch. Whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of God. I know the exact denominations, 50 gallon denominations in, my, in, my, in, 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 in the safe, in, in my branch. I know the 20 Ghana denominations. I know the dollar denominations. I know everything that you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. That's all. Verse 5. Who in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men? Some people did not understand it before that time. They could not understand it. Not even the prophets understood it. They were certain, but they could not get a grasp of it. But now, as it is now, somebody say now. Now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by his spirit. Pastor, why are you saying all that? I'm saying this to say that when we say that we are faithful stewards of the mysteries of God, 
the word mystery there is not someone who does something we you know something somebody now has to come and solve it like an algorithm calculus for us it is common listen revelation is when god speaks your language that's all the day the day the holy spirit came what happened they heard them speaking in their own tongues the wonderful works of god now we that speak it in an unknown tongue can you follow it what does he do? He speaketh not unto men. He speaks unto God. No man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit, he speaketh what? Mysteries. Now, when mystery now becomes a language you understand, it is revelation. They heard them speak the wonderful words of God. So, Peter went whatever they were saying but the people were not hearing mystery they were hearing revelation god is good jesus is the savior of the world that is what we are talking about and he said that revelation which is a mystery to people protect it be faithful with it that jesus came god became a man it's a mystery but we've had the revelation of it why he came he shall call his name jesus he shall save his people from their sins god was manifest in the flesh now when we get to know all these things we keep them we don't change it be faithful don't move away from that revelation and start now when you come all the time this this morning my message is money like what pastor was saying we're not talking about christ we're talking about some some rich people hmm? rich people what should we do with them and so what you are not being faithful you are not keeping the mystery the mysteries of the gospel we're not talking about the blood of jesus that washes away our sins we want to hear that you are not talking about the gospel of grace you are not talking about the grace of god that brings salvation which has appeared unto all men you are not being faithful you have your own hobby horse you are riding you like certain messages areas of faithfulness the mystery of god number two the ministry which we have received of the Lord, we have to be faithful. So number one is the mysteries of God, which is simply sound doctrine, revelation, the, 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 the word of God. That is bottom line. We should keep the word of God. The mystery is the word of God. Just keep it. Don't go into any extra curriculum affairs. And number two, the ministry which we have received of the Lord. How many of you know you have a ministry? How many of you know a ministry is not something that ends with international or embassy? After all, schools too have international added to their names. And there are consulates, you know, there are, uh, 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 we go to a lot of embassies. So that is not what ministry is. Ministry is doing something for others in the name of Jesus. Take heed to that ministry and fulfill it. Colossians 4.17. That's what Paul told Archippus. He said, take heed to the ministry which you have received of the Lord that you fulfill it. Brothers, we have a ministry. 
Amen. How many of you have a ministry? Let me see your hand. Be faithful. Be faithful with that ministry. Don't play with it. Amen. Don't give your last energy. When you are tired, that is when you think of ministry. Give your fresh zeal and your best to ministry. Can you say amen? The ministry. Be faithful with it. The last three, the last two, I won't spend much time with it. Be faithful with marriage. The beauty of Christian marriage is faithfulness. If we are married, you have to be faithful. Yes. It's the will of God. Hebrews 13, 4. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. Homongers and adulterers, God will judge. God expects Christian men and women to be faithful in marriage. It's an area of faithfulness. Because I speak concerning Christ and the church. That is the level of marriage. It is about Christ and the church. It should be handled with care. We should be faithful in it. Before you say, I do, think many times. Don't think twice. Before you say, I do, I said what? Don't think what? Twice. Twice is too small. Because this thing, you must be faithful. This woman that you have seen today are giving the pastor pressure. Marry me. Marry me. Marry me now. Think many times. Tell your neighbor, think many times. For you've got to be faithful. And number four, money. The last thing. You see, if we are faithful, these things will not be a problem. But we have to say it. Money. I don't like pastors who smell money. They like money. Yeah. I did not know that when you preach, we will be giving money. I did not know it. And I don't apologize. I thought you preach and you go away. One of my friends... We are friends in the spirit. We don't see ourselves so much, but we are close in the spirit. Our proximity is very, very close. The closeness is close. He came to preach for me one day in the early stages of our, of our, of our ministry. He spent about one week. So he came for my wedding and then he stayed and did Thanksgiving. Then when he went back, he was in a crowd. Then he called me, he laughed. And he said, I'm very happy you did not give me anything. <laughs> I'm very happy you did not give me anything. And I knew him. Because he even came to give me money for my wedding. Lots of money. But when he preached for me, I forgot about him. And when I started to bless people, when they started preaching for me, because that's what I, I saw, that oh, this, that's what we do. You know, I'm not saying that you should neglect those things, but we don't, it, it should not make us unfaithful. Until we see money, we, we can't do anything. And when I started blessing people too, I, I didn't know how to give it back. Because I didn't know it. I just didn't know how to do it. So anybody I've offended in the past, that is, is, that's it. Amen. That was, that was it. 
you just have to straighten up and straighten your face and move on. Until Jesus comes. Can you say amen? It is those who come later we will bless. <laughs> those now. Hallelujah. But that should not be an issue. You should not be quoting manis before you preach. What are you talking about? You have to, you have to take me for a Bible study for one year for me to understand that thing. That put something that before you preach. Have you not read that freely you have received and freely give? If we have the opportunity, everything we have, we must give it for free. We must. A book must be given for free. Today we were thinking about one man of God. Even two weeks ago. I, I received a gift from his office. Expensive gift. I did not pay a dime for it. Sent it all the way from Accra. He said, it's, it's for you. It's me. Why? What have I done? We we're thinking about it. Almost everything we are receiving is like a, it is free. Receive it. We must not have the mark of the beast on what we do. Money. Okay? I don't want to divert. But the fact of the matter is that when it comes to drugs, vaccine, manufacturing, and all those things, a lot of is money-driven. Huh? Money-driven. You know how many people have headache? If you are the one who is producing paracetamol, you it. Or you don't understand what I'm saying? If para, every para costs even one CD, and 100 million people, even 1 million people have headache. Try and solve this mass. 1 million people have headache. And 1 para costs 1 Ghana. How much is your money? 1 million Ghana. You are very rich. Clap for yourself. You are very rich. And brilliant. And that thing can come into ministry. You want to. You want to. Do ministry. You know, we talk of big farmer. Big farmer is a term. It's, it's money driven. We can also have big ministry. It's just about money. May nobody take your place because you love money so much. That's what happened to Judas. He loved money so much until he sold Jesus. Today, Jesus is not here, but you will sell the message. Buy the truth and sell it not. Because of money, you can't preach the truth. Yeah, don't preach repentance. You don't preach uh, uh, faith towards God, remission of sins, the blood of Jesus. You don't. Because of money. Your messages are only things that will bring money. Sowing a million dollar seed. That is my message today. How you got the test? We don't see it. Of course, you go to Genesis. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest time shall never pass. Brothers and sisters, my word today is sowing for a million dollars. We won't sow. We don't need to be cajoled to sow. Are you still here? Does my message make sense or I, I am just talking? Is it a good message?
I'm very careful when I come to any meeting. I do what my father is doing. I flow. I don't know how to repeat meetings. I don't, I'm not like, this message is very powerful here. I'm bringing it here. I don't do that. I'm always under pressure. Because God must want me to say something at every point in time. It's different. Everything I've said here, it is, I've not preached it anywhere. And finally, the enemies of faithfulness and how to overcome them. I'm unmasking enemies of faithfulness. Number one is the devil himself, the main man. He's the one who came to the Garden of Eden and he injected Adam and Eve with unfaithfulness. And since then, human beings have become dangerously unfaithful. Unfaithful among, you know, as partners, unfaithful as siblings. Yeah? Unfaithful in the workplace, unfaithful even in the work of God. So the devil himself. Number two is the flesh. As for yourself, listen, the top on the list of enemies of faithfulness is the devil. After the devil is you. Yes, you. The one you see in the mirror. You are your own enemy. But when you see money, say no. I will sell Jesus now <laughs> and collect the balance. <laughs> are you still here? If we are here, let me have a good amen. The flesh. The flesh. The flesh. Is the enemy of unfaithfulness. The flesh. Sometimes I come to preach. Immediately you see somebody's face. Then you change the message. It was John chapter 3 verse 6. Now you now go to Job 3.16. After all, it's all in the Bible. Am I telling the lie? No, I'm not saying it's the Bible. It's Job 3.16. Is there? The flesh. And it is you, you must do something to yourself. Not the people. In the work of God and in your Christian life, you don't need to crucify people before you leave it. You have to crucify yourself. You don't crucify others to live. You crucify yourself to live. If we kill everybody in the world and it is only remaining you, you can still be unfaithful. You can still be unfaithful. It is you that you must kill. Kill yourself. Of course, I'm not saying that go and shoot yourself. What I mean is deny yourself. Carry your cross and follow him. I will be faithful. Will you be faithful? Hallelujah. We will be faithful. Number three is the world. So three top enemies. The devil, the flesh, and the world. Is that not what the devil did? He took Jesus, you know, to the top of a hill and he said, look into the world. I'll give you everything. Just stop this Messiah things you are doing. Forget about the cross. I'll give you visa to everywhere in the world. 
Yeah. You sit in first class. And that these are the testimonies of men of God. And when young people hear it, you know, that's what they want. You think ministry is about that. And no solid spiritual giants where they have gone. You don't even hear it. It's not an issue. You travel first class and so what? Businessmen to travel it. Oh. One fried rice you eat in a city hotel, everybody is hearing it anywhere you go. <laughs> we thought we would be hearing about communion, the wine and the bread, the wine and the bread, the blood and the flesh of Jesus. Not I was in a certain restaurant and they gave me, who cares? We want to hear about, let me, he who does not eat my flesh and drink my blood has no life in him. Tell us about that one. Not the food you eat which is going to go out in the next uh, uh, 24 hours. Your fathers ate manna and they died. That's what they, even manna, they died. It did this pizza and uh, 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 what? Uh, uh, huh? Sausage. We are going to be faithful. Yeah, we are going to be faithful. The world is an enemy to our faithfulness. The world. Lord's wife could not stand the advertisement of the world. Sometimes when a pastor's wife, you are the one who drives your husband crazy. To become worldly because you start the campaign, he will hear it in his ears that you are a lover of the world. Me too, I'm just like any woman. I will dress like this. I must do like this. When I heard Reverend Ima says that mommy is a great support. You know, since I came here, I've been studying, observing, making notes. I'm learning. I just didn't come to preach. I'm learning. I sat here, I wrote three lessons. I'm going to add more. Because I think. <laughs> so this is a, the, you are a helper. You are helping. What a testimony. If your wife says, you are a husband, your wife says that you are not good, correct. It is likely you are not correct. And if the man too says that you are not, you, we stay in the house together. I know you. <laughs> That's all. Amen. It is what Reverend Dr. Fia says about mommy that, is, that carries weight. Not what you see in the church. And it is what she says about her. That is the, because they, are the, 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 they know themselves. What do you know? But they are wonderful people. So the world, the world, you want a car, by all means, you will kill to get it. No. He makes all things beautiful in his time. The world. You can't say that the church is for certain class of people. I, I, I ask for me, my church is for graduates and professionals. 
There's only one professional God wants the church to be full of sinners. Professional sinners. That is all. You can't say, I want nurses. I want doctors. I want lawyers in my church. Your church is tainted glass. If somebody comes and is selling Kalewuli, hey, we don't want you in this church. The world has made you unfaithful. The world. Hallelujah. We are going to be faithful. I said we'll be faithful. Put on the whole armor of God so that you'll be able to stand against the devil, the wiles of the devil to beat you to become unfaithful. And then deny yourself. Tell yourself that, hey, self, you are not going to lead me into the land of unfaithfulness. And be crucified to the world and the world unto you. Paul said, I'm crucified unto the world and the world unto me. It has no attraction for me any longer. Goodbye world. I stay no longer with you. I've made up my mind to do God's will, to go God's way the rest of my life. One of the nicest times of the conference is when I hear Reverend Dr. Singh. It's a message for me. You see, that one even stays with me more than even what he says. It enters me well. I say, what a man. The songs come effortlessly. Happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Yeah. Sometimes one phone you got, you have forgotten about faithfulness. One phone. Only a phone. If you get the house, what will you do? <laughs> Just a phone that will do this. When we are preaching, then you are browsing. <laughs> like one pastor, he said, he, he warned his church, he said, look, it is not the time I'm preaching, you are writing to do things to do. <laughs> things to do. The pastor is preaching, the man is writing things to do. It's like, when I go home, this is for number one. Number two, when we close from Sunday, I'm going to eat this food. It's not, he's not listening. <laughs> Things to do. You, it's preaching time because you have got a smart smartphone. It used to be young phone. Now you have got a smartphone. So you have become smart in the church. <laughs> but we are going to be faithful. <laughs> Stand on your feet. <laughs> oh my God. We love you. Clap for faithfulness. Clap for faithfulness. Clap for faithfulness. Brother, play the thing. Clap for faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, O oh God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not.
thine compassion they fail not as thou hast been thou forever wilt be he wants us to be like him summer and winter springtime and harvest sun moon and stars in their courses above join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness mercy and love pardon for sin and the peace that endure thine own deep presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow blessings all mine and ten thousands beside great is thy faithfulness oh greatest thy faithfulness oh morning by morning new mercies i see oh and all that i've needed thy hands have provided greatest thy faithfulness lord unto me listen As for God, He is faithful. Sitting in your tone, you have no idea. He's a faithful God. So faithful. There was a pastor who felt he was not doing so well. In fact, somebody wrote him off. Even a send off, the person was campaigning in the church that people should not go. So, oh, what is pastor? Oh, who is he? In the night, God appeared to me and said, Hey, if you talk like that about my man, you see, get up and go for the program. He's my servant. Dare not be talking rubbish about him. In the book of Revelation, he said we are stars in his hands. The candlesticks are the churches. The stars are the men of God. God is faithful. Listen. I prophesy to someone here. Your light will not go dim. Your light will shine. The faithfulness of God is the guarantee of your bright future. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. The future belongs to you according to the faithfulness of God. For faithfully see who has called you, who also will do it. God wants everybody to know that he is the sole sponsor and supporter and promoter of his people if you are in the life of a man of god then you are providing help it is god who sent you, you did not send yourself you are a servant of god be happy that he's using you Lord, 
God bless you for listening to this message today. Visit us on Facebook at GTTI Page today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. And remember, the future belongs to us, we believe.